Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Yeah. That's a good idea. So presumably they've kind so of just swollen. cold water on oats. Yeah, I get a cup, and then I put the oats in it, and then I run under the tap. God, okay, that's a... <laughs> it's a quick breakfast. That's an alcoholic's <laughs> It works. Put a dash of bread in there. Keeps hunger locked up till lunch. <laughs> and it no, you, it doesn't. It helps you win the inch war as well. <laughs> yeah. The inch war. Yeah. <laughs> Who was so my wife's My wife's... Um, Got a job. A like a joke. No, no, my wife, my wife's got a job in a bowling my alley. My dog's got no nose. Oh Go no, on. it is a joke. Your wife's it's just a joke. My wife's got a job in a bowling alley. Tempin? No, it's permanent. That's very good. The best joke I don't ever. know. Have you got the levels, Fraser? Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is the Word Podcast. I'm David Hepworth. I'm joined in the pod this week. Um, twiddling the faders, we have Fraser. Say hello, Fraser. Hello, Fraser. Uh, Fraser's not. Can I just butt in? Fraser's not wearing the fabulous T-shirt he was wearing yesterday, which said "Meat is murder." Then underneath it said "Tasty, tasty murder." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was fantastic. He's got a donkey on his T-shirt today. My favourite T-shirt at the moment is still the one I saw on this teenager at I think at Cornbury Festival, which just said. Said, I'm up and dressed. What more do you want? <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> so, Kate Mossman has uh, come all the way around the corner, haven't you? Hello. From, from home. Yeah. I How just... long does it take you on your commute, Kate? It takes two minutes and seven seconds. <laughs> I timed it once. And, and yet you're still late. <laughs> <laughs> but today I had to come up the stairs because the lift was broken. Four flights. The hardship. Yeah. But so, listen. A heartening bowl of porridge, it should have been. She's possible. fine. In, yeah. in, in a bout of panic... I'm Mark Ellen. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm oh, Mark okay. Ellen. I work at Word magazine sure. in England. <laughs> it's very uh, good, Tell us a way. bit more about yourself. No, no, no. Fascinating, yes. <laughs> David, um, carry on. What, I, I quickly put out a Twitter, uh, Twitter appeal for topics to talk about on this week's podcast. It's only about ten minutes ago, and we've got loads, actually. Oh, right? really? Gosh, what? One which is addressed to you... From HB Wonderful, who's currently on holiday in the Maldives. Oh, I know. So the presumably he's, well. he's got his, you know, he's got his iPhone or whatever with him. He wants to. Say, it says, "Ask Mark what a trigger fish looks like, and are they dangerous?" Oh gosh, now that's a difficult one because I don't know the answer, but I think they're orange stripes and small. They're very small. How does he know that I know about the Maldives? 
He's probably and followed your extensive wrote, coverage. I wrote in, a, in, an enormous article in Skin Diver magazine. Diver, Skin Diver, Skin Diver, skin diver. <laughs> top shelf. <laughs> Brown paper Not for bag. the under 18s. You wouldn't recognise the trigger fish in the picture they ran. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I saw a trigger fish, but there are some many exciting things to see in the Maldives. Okay, now it's probably best to treat it as if it is dangerous until you know otherwise. Mm. Absolutely. Generally right. speaking, all anything things. out there yeah. can't Don't eat it. it. Yeah, don't eat it. No. Don't eat it. Uh, and Tsukio, uh, Kate, you might, you might know about this, uh, wants a mouse update. Mouse update. Well, I haven't seen it or heard it for a while, but I've got some in the house now, so maybe I carried it's it back in my bag. Yeah. But the, <laughs> office, the office mouse ha- does live under your desk. It does, apparently, yeah, because there's lots of stuff under my desk, and it's obviously made a happy home there. Yeah, there was just a huge, huge pile, pile of detritus yeah, by yeah. 70s Mike, the production editor's desk, and we flushed the mouse out. And it now sits under Kate desk. Yeah. There's a way for Glenn Campbell records to be played. It's got, um, I've got a load of cans of high energy drink that I don't drink yeah. anymore because I don't have high energy anymore. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Are some CDs sure? and stuff like that. But I haven't, I haven't heard hide nor hair of it recently, no? which is good. It's, it's very good. Leeds boy wants to know, and this is a football related query actually. We might have to go over to Fraser, who's our football correspondent, who was at Wembley last night. Wants, the, wants our opinion on the New England kit. Is it retro cool or does it look like a cheap polo shirt from Sports Direct? I think it looks like a works out in a golf club. Who is here, Mark? No, With the collar. It's no. just dreadful. Collar? It's got well, a it's got, it's got a preposterous it. kind of. It, 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 it's sort of thing your dad would have worn on a holiday in about 1967. You know what I mean? Probably short sleeve. Well, is it sports casual? It's just. It, it would have terrible. to be made of Clydella if it was worn by my dad. A Clydella. A sturdy outdoor shirt. <laughs> For bracing walks. Yes, because mainly you went places where the sun never shone. Never shone. No, so no, no, then we went to the Outer Hebrides every year. Yeah. Pete Cavanagh wants to know when Mark Ellen's going to tell of his night with Julian Cope, because we've been waiting oh, ages. Yeah. It oh, could God. be he just threw that in about two no, years ago. No, it's absolutely true. I don't know if I'm going to tell you now, because I just want to make sure that neither of my children are listening. Maybe, maybe I could say, how can I ensure that they're not listening to a podcast? <laughs> Well, they never normally do. Do it very early in the morning. Why would anybody's children want to listen to their own father quacking <laughs> on? Especially about taking on, a drug overdose. Do you really want to know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, Lord. Well, it's, it's, it's terribly unprofessional. <laughs> uh, I'm a personal well, friend of the Prime Minister, more, yeah. the ex-Prime Minister. This will be in the papers. No, the, um, and, uh, well, what happened was I was working for a magazine called... Um, what was it called, though? Was it FX? SFX? SFX. SFX. It was a cassette magazine. And I went up to Liverpool... Uh, to interview Julian Cope, and I suppose Teardrop Explodes. So when are we talking about? Early 80s? Yeah, I can't think I can tell the story, actually. Because uh, it's just it's going to involve drugs. <laughs> just whisper it to me. No, <laughs> I think, I, think I heard bits of it. I just can't tell Late the story. It's too terrible. Can you give us any key headlines? It's just, key details, though. Well, people can make it all up. Right, all right, all right, you can fill in the gaps. If you manufacture, and I don't recommend anybody tries to do this at home, uh, the drug known as Speed, I think what you do is you pour a load of chemicals into a bath and whatever precipitate is left at the bottom when you pull the plug out, you then kind of dry it out and then inhale it into your nostrils, right? Now, if it's very low quality speed, Kate's giving me a very narrow look. (laughs) I'm just thinking Uh, of an entire bathtub full of drugs. Yeah, yeah. if it's very low quality speed, um, the effect is, is, well, apart from anything else, it's painful. 
um, your eyes start to, 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 to run with tears <laughs> and blood pours out of both nostrils. <laughs> and you feel so fundamentally terrible that the only way you can put off what, what will inevitably be an absolutely appalling, spiralling come down is to carry on taking carry on. stuff. Well, Whitey's involved. What, a whitey? <laughs> I had a Whitey. Certainly had a Whitey and a Bluey. So for about 24 hours, me and certain people, all actually members of the group, Teardrum Explosion, carried on taking this terrible, terrible speed for fear that when we stopped, we would just basically just turn our toes up and die. Did it, can I and, ask a point yeah. of information? It's not a very funny story. <laughs> Sorry, I can't see the funny side of this. But all I can remember I've is known you a long time. I'm trying to imagine you on speed. Doesn't, <laughs> well, doesn't speed make people talk a lot? This is the problem. I mean, most drugs either are accelerators or uh, uh, to make you more imaginative. And I've always felt that I, I, on uh, neither count did I really mm. need any artificial uh, assistance. So yeah. <laughs> and then you realise you could just be... I once took acid. <laughs> <laughs> you realise you but could I just be high on life after that. I've been high on life, Dave. I'm high on natural stimulants. So I you can, can make, you can make up the rest of that, uh, Pete Kavanagh, if you, if you want to do on, yeah. on your own time. Uh, uh, this tweet just in. From, this is exciting, isn't it? This is happening on Fraser's iPhone as we speak. Uh, Ray Earl wants to know which group would you like to see reform? Because they've, they've talked about it in the part for two hours. Buffalo last Springfield? I'd love it's to a see. A bit late. Bruce Palmer dead, isn't he? Didn't he die the other but, day? Uh, no, is, he, is he dead? Least likely like to reform. Oh, least likely. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, that's oh, okay. much better. There's the pair oh, right. of Dogs to more. Dogs to more. Uriah Heap. I don't want to see any groups reform. All right, well, that's that's taken care of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Do you? Twitter away, dear boy. Um, Send us another. I've got to have a think. I'll get back to you on that in five minutes, yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm again. Glenn Campbell experience? No, they're still going. They're still going. It's After the 40 years. Fraser and I had a bit of a, a discussion in the office, only yesterday, actually, about somebody on the site who is actually coming from Australia... Is this right, Fraser? Yeah. To see the reformed Mot the Hoople. Right? Oh, yeah, well, a yes. lot of people are, yeah. But, Very popular. But Very as popular people group. have pointed out... <laughs> now, I loved Mot the Hoople during yeah. their brief, you know, two years yeah. in the sun, in the mid-70s or whenever it was. Um, but as somebody pointed out on the side, Ian Hunter has been, you know, playing live all over the place yeah. forever. Mm. Yeah. Generally with members of the group formerly known as Mot yeah. the Hoople. Just didn't call it Mot the Hoople. Probably did the same songs. Probably four of them out of five. So by putting the additional fifth person into place, you can suddenly call it Mark Hoople and charge under in 20 quid a time. Well, I always wonder about... the idea that you jet across the, you know, halfway around the world to, to see... Something that's just been branded differently a year later. But also, I was wondering, has anybody ever seen Ian Hunter's eyes? Because I never have. And no. I'd be very interested to see them. Uh, yes. Is he blind? Is well, he's just always no, wears the shades, doesn't he? He's on the shades ever since. Never yeah. seen that. Yeah. Maybe there are no eyes, actually. The other thing I want to know, and if you know, now people can't tweet this live, can they? Because they're only hearing this later. I want to know how old Ian Hunter is, because I think when he joined Mott the Hoople, I think he was considerably older than the rest of the group. I reckon he must be about 67. Okay. You might be respectable. Right. <laughs> you, might. I, you, you, Dave. I hate, I hate saying this publicly because it reflects very well on you. But you once gave me some very good advice about the police. The police reformed about when was it a year ago or two years ago? Yeah. I remember. Thinking, I used to really quite like the police, and I remember interviewing about every twenty minutes in one period of my life. I thought I might go and see the police. And you pointed out to me that I had seen the police in their, you know, one-piece boiler suits, supporting a group called Steel Pulse <laughs> yes. in, a, in a little 700-seat cinema in Berlin. Yeah. How could they possibly be better uh, in front of 85,000 people in the pouring rain at Twickenham Rugby, rugby Ground yeah. 32 years later? Or I thought, actually, that was a reasonable point. But people so I knocked it on the head. I thought, actually, why, why spoil this perfectly happy memory 
Uh, this actually rather wonderful group, when they were desperate for attention, giving it their best shot, rather than a load of blokes going through the motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently Steely Dan are playing play. again this summer as well. Steely Dan had kind of never stopped. Really. Really? Well, I think they had a bit of a hiatus, but then they, they've been touring probably for the last ten years. Mm. Um, but but Steely think... Dan is not, I mean, the idea of Steely Dan, I mean, they're, well, there are only really two members of yeah. Steely Dan, and the rest of them just, they call themselves Steely Dan. So it's not like you're getting the classic lineup. Although, of course, Dave, there was a classic There was a classic lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, nobody <laughs> is going to go along with see Steely Dan and, and say, well, I was only disappointed because, you know, they Jeff lost Scott their, they lost their looks. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you're not going to be that. You're not going to be that. I saw a picture of Sting the other day. Now, I know none of us has got any business, you know, being superior to anybody on the subject of the physical appearance at all. But Sting, for the first time, time ever I looked at him a picture and I thought that's a man who's just sort of lost his look has he lost them they oh, yeah. just in, 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 in what way they've just kind of <laughs> they've well, been there for years I know, I, I, you know we've got no room to talk at all you know but for years he was just I mean you know when he's young he was incredibly beautiful yeah and you know in his 30s and 40s he was probably Kate's still very a... very handsome sorry I'm am just I, am wondering I... no 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 it's not a personal thing with me but I'm just wondering whether his everything has fallen or, you know, no something. no nothing like that <laughs> Just kind of the shine, the, the glow gone. has gone. And he hadn't kind of moved into a kind of Terence Stamp. Yeah, yeah, you've got to look <laughs> yeah, like Terence Stamp. Absolutely, Terence Stamp is the Terrence Stamp. is the gold. My standard, wife saw Terence Stamp on the, on the tube the, the other day. He's on the, the tube. Time. Yeah, and he had with him uh, a, you know, an incredibly attractive twenty-two-year-old niece. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Terrence and she Stamp. said she just went to pieces. Does he have he white hair? Fantastic. He's got completely yes. silver, yeah. but he's got one of these diamond-like kind of triangular, fabulous yeah. faces. And because he's back in movies all all over the back place. Back in movies, he's, he's, you see him in Soho. He lives in in Albany and Piccadilly. Really? And, and I passed Terence Stamp in, um, in in Soho many a time, and you do feel like pointing out to the you know the pedestrians. Yeah. That is a genuine icon. It's a proper you know, star. People, people talk about you know, hey everybody, yeah. literally a star over literally here, literally a proper star. Because I would have thought that Sting wouldn't lose it because he's got the bones, you see. But maybe well, he's... you'll have to go and look at the pictures and see if you you may feel differently. Does he look I a bit know. like Gordon Ramsay now? Uh, <laughs> what is that like? Is that the worst fate that could happen? It ever is quite before? bad, actually. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, Gordon Ramsay kind of looked all right, didn't he? Kate's got a, 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 a rumpled picture of Sting. I Probably <laughs> stuck up in, in her bedroom. <laughs> With her own, in her own handwriting, long hot Sumner. <laughs> I just made that up. Actually. It's quite funny. It? <laughs> so listen, chaps. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed. If you looked around the room, we've got a prop this week. Oh right, okay. Have you seen what we've got, got a grand yeah, player. It's a record player. We've got a record player. Oh, what are we going to play? Do you know why we've got a record player? No idea. Go on. Because this week is the 60th birthday. Of the black vinyl seven inch forty five. Wow. I didn't put one in three I've done more than that. Oh, this, this is X day. Mark, good. this morning before I left, I just reached into a box. Okay, a box. It's full of old seven inch singles. Oh, fantastic! And I didn't even look what's inside. Well, I, I just put it in a bag. Listeners, okay? it's a gala day. So pick a mix. And this what you can do? We can. Oh, we can just pick one out. You right. can pick one, and we're going to play a little bit of it. We oh, can't play much of it because we're okay, a terrible breach of the. Kate Musgrave's right. going to choose. I think um, you know, a from the lucky dip. I think this is oh. the record play that Chris Rea gave us. It is. It is. That's very useful. Okay. Well spotted. So we're going to play a Chris Rea song. I've got Skids Circus Games. The Skids. Circus Games, which comes in in a special. I'm sorry, she's got a copy of that. Well, you know, and, uh, I thought we were going to get a slice of the Rolling Stones in '63. There are probably skids. We're getting the skids. There. We're uh, going to get into the valley by the skids. Can we play it on the wrong speed? No. <laughs> now, how do That's I, the fun of the I'm going to put that on. 
Can we put a glass of wine on it? Oh, Watch it go round and round, five bucks, it falls over. Oh, look, it's gone down on auto. Oh, it's trying to play it. Yeah, is this going to pick up? We've got a mic on. Should we move the mic? Can you hear No, I think you'll be alright. I think we'll hear it. Okay. Here we go. Skid Circus Games. Alright. <laughs> so I leave it up and down. <laughs> I'm going to knock the light fit in. Alright! What about that? That's brilliant. Isn't that fantastic? There's somebody. Jonathan Strahan. the guitar player who started bagpipes. Stuart, Stuart Adams. Adams. Yeah, that's a nice sound, isn't it? So, <laughs> thanks, Stuart Adams. God bless the old boy. Circus games. And I've, I've had to Let's do one more. Like oh, yeah, let's do one. You have to pick one now. It's just classic. Where's the bag? Where's the bag? The bag is here. Okay. Let me see. I'm, 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 no, I'm going to get a Rolling Stones. I'm just going to okay. feel it. No, no I think he's got obscure ones. What have you got? got? Oh, it's wings. wings at the speed of sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. God. What have we got? No. Which have we got? We've got Let Him In. That's a good song. That's a great song. Let Him In. Let Him In. Here we go. Because oh, my God. One of, the, uh, one of the, the things that people twittered about this morning when I was looking for topics to talk yeah. about. Was why do uh, as if, why as do if we don't have any, we don't have any silence? <laughs> Nothing like happens. Like a very unsuccessful dinner party, <laughs> <laughs> staring at each other. Hello. Put next to somebody we don't know, just so yeah, mixed. Where did you go to school? <laughs> oh, uh, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Doorbell. Fantastic. Avon. Oh. <laughs> what a Rangers great record for a seven-inch single as well, isn't it? It's on the wrong speed. Now one of the things that, that, that Jonathan Strahan, I think I'm pronouncing that right, tweeted about this morning, he says, why do, and here we are in a position to, to discuss this, is why do 60s and 70s records sound better than new ones? Somebody's knocking at the door, somebody's ringing the bell, let him in. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. That's a classic Mike McCartney line, isn't it? He's, he's just missing a few, a few syllables. He goes, that do was me on a favour. <laughs> my, my first cassette that I ever had, uh, my seventh Christmas, and it was All the Best by Paul McCartney, and it was in my stocking. And <sighs> I obviously, I was the, I'd become an adult because I was given a cassette and I just listened to, well, this was on there, actually, along with a load of other things, including the Frog Song. Frog Song, classic <laughs> yeah, work. Which came out when I was Frog four. Chorus, I think it's actually. Is, is it called the Frog oh, Chorus? Yeah. <laughs> Much knocked, uh, obviously, because it's sung by frogs, but the, the actual <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. The, the frogs took it on the chin, Dave. They never worked again, but they, you know, they sort of rose above it. Pass over the phrases. Phrases are going to choose one as well. Shake the bag, shake the bag. There's a Chuck Berry record in there somewhere. Oh, what? I know what that is. Oh, it's Earthquake. It's the Buzz. Oh, it must be Friday on my mind, is it? Yes, Friday on my mind. Oh, this is a brilliant record. What was the beat? Mark Allen and I first met. This is where we met Dave. Really? They're playing our show. He must have said Dave Hepworth and I met at an Earthquake concert at Salford University. Would that be right? Is there a university or something? I think there is. Yeah. And Dave was working for Berserkly Records. I was writing for Record Mirror. And I'd been driven there by a tremendous character called Eugene Manzi. <laughs> and uh, and we smoked about six cigarettes, and we and then this band came. On. Were you reviewing them? Yeah, I was reviewing it for Record Mirror. Very nervous, taking notes. All <laughs> yeah, 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 right at the and front. The lights went down, and then the band came on, <laughs> and they played very loudly and had musical instruments. We know. all made the last train. We yes, that's right. Yes, uh, many members of the audience, uh, you know, threw themselves around in a manner suggestive of enjoyment. Uh, I met David Hepworth from the record company. He gave me ten pounds and told me to write something favourable. <laughs> I said I cannot be bought. He gave me fifteen. Uh, five stars for a <laughs> <right>, quick. <laughs>
I remember he just talked and talked and talked. Who? You did. Uh, me? No, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Really? You were wearing a great coat. I was wearing a great coat. It's incredible. And, um, and long hair, too. Quite yeah, long hair. Yeah. And you just talked and talked. Was and he talked. the only reviewer at the gig? Uh, no, no, no. There was a lovely guy from uh, the Sounds newspaper called Jeff Barton. Was Jeff lovely. there? Yeah, Jeff Barton. Jeff Barton, the founder of Kerrang. Founder of Kerrang. Simply wonderful guy. But I thought Dave was very, very cool. Dave, had, Dave I think, was wearing a Berserker T-shirt. <laughs> flying the flag. Do you remember who was supporting? No, I don't. Um, no, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm he just turned up for the main act. Oh, yeah, he got there fashionably <laughs> late, actually. I'm going to pick a record with that. By, go on, yeah. I looked in first, actually. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, well, okay. That's a really good record. That's Top West End cool. Girls by Pet Shop. Boy. But that is the copy that came out on... Oh, the Epic record. That's worth some money. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm play let's, it let's eBay it. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I worked in Smash Hits magazine when that record was composed by Neil Tennant, the assistant editor of Smash Hits. Oh, yeah. And he came in and he played a cassette of it on. Which is so <laughs> The only cassette machine we had. Do you remember this, though? The only cassette machine we had was the answer phone. <laughs> and we had a tiny little speaker, and he played West End Girls and a song called um, God, Rent, I think it was called. Could that be right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it would have been Rent. Rent. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember pointing out that one of them had the same uh, chord sequence as uh, Hanging Around by the Stranglers, and that was derivative. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to get anywhere. And the other West End Girls, which I didn't really understand. What I did he say? Really it. And he said, oh, I think it might do quite well, actually. And, uh, it's worked once. Oh, I was proved right, yeah. as ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tenant, where is he now? He came down down his tail between his legs <laughs> in about 1988 and got sent to Robert. Do you remember when, when he left, we had a party, and we made this... Um, He's talked about this on the radio since, actually. We made a, um, a, a, a mock-up of the cover of Smash Hits. Yeah. As we do when anybody leaves magazines. <laughs> There's loads of those yeah. floating around. Oh, millions of them. <laughs> and it said, uh, it said, Neil Tennant, it said, um, um, how, I, uh, how, how I gave up my job at the top pop mag and came uh, to try and be a pop star and then came crawling back, begging for my job back when my career went down <laughs> in capital letters. Extremely See, long page 27. Cover. Yeah, enormous cover, like tiny picture of Neil to accommodate. I thought this is hilarious. And probably going to be true as well. It's pretty good. And within minutes he was on Radio 1 talking about it. And single. Making me look a buffoon. The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast. A way of life. So, <laughs> 60 years since the invention of the 7-inch 45. Yeah. In the year 1979, do you know how many 7-inch singles were sold in the UK? 1979? Yeah. Uh, Which is okay. kind of early smash hits. Okay. Time, well, at it? that time, in 1979, you could still have a number one record selling well, you know, almost a million copies. So, I mean, the answer will be, it's going to be it's going to be hundreds of millions. It's 89 million. 89 million. Do you know how many were sold in 2001? This is going to be 14. bleak information. 180,000. 180,000. And I just think, it what struck me, getting these, these records out this morning, you know, and, and delving mm. into the bag, and you know, everybody's got a story about everyone or association with everyone, that you can tell the entire story of popular music purely from a, a technology point of view, can't you? Mm. It's nothing to yeah. do with... <laughs> it's nothing to do with people's genius or anything like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's to do with a sound carrier that worked in a certain way that just appealed to people yeah. in a certain way. And as soon as that's gone, they no longer mm. want anything in that kind of shape at all, you know? Key piece of, uh, of um, equipment, that I, I reckon, the transistor, the transistor, transistor radio. radio. I'm old enough, in the 1950s, to remember 
what it was like when before. the transistor arrived. Because meant, before that, you had a, a thing called a, 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 what do they call it, a music system? No, well, like radiogram radio or, or a big yeah. old fixed radio. Yeah, which was in Wax the living room. And therefore, you could only really play records that your parents approved of. Yes. Uh, or else they would tell you to turn them off. But if you had a, a transistor, you could go into your bedroom and listen to um, Herman's Hermits. Mm. So the key, pieces, key pieces of technology in the development of pop music are? Uh, well, preceding, obviously, the invention of the, of the, of the MP3 file. Yes. The, the, the transistor, the... Um, the Walkman. The Walkman. The Walkman's a key, key thing, isn't it? Because do you remember that the first Sony Walkman came with its own tape of Sony music? It, oh, had really? a, it had a funny jazz thing in it. It was very kind of lift music style. We've got it's, one in about it's, it's a bit of a complicated story, the very early days of, of the Sony Walkman. I tried to look into this uh, not long ago for something I was writing. Because I've told this story before on the podcast, but forgive me. Let's do it. I can remember yeah, the yeah. first time I saw Sandy Walkman, and I was interviewing the police individually at their homes. And this is the days when they all lived in kind of bed sits. Mm. And you know, Sting lived in a in a basement flat in Bayswater with Francis Tolty and two kids, I think. And uh, with great cheekbones. Yes. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay face. Yeah. Stuart Copeland lived with Sonia Christina out of Curdare in Shepherd's Bush. Who wouldn't? He's only human. Absolutely. Fair enough. Good work, well, Sonia Christina was the only sex bomb in popular, popular music at the time. Absolutely. It was a long time before yeah, there were later sex bombs. And, and I went around there to interview him, and they'd just come back from Japan, and he said, before I was leaving, he said, just have, have a listen to this. And he, he, he produced this thing, which, in retrospect, I realised was about the size of a brick. Mm. But at the time, looked like the neatest, most compact thing you'd ever seen. And then said, just put these headphones on and, and, and handed me this. And you said, what is this uh, <laughs> middle-of-the-road Sony music jazz that I've listened to? He said, that's just the test tape. Wait till you hear the new Police album. And he put it on. And I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's just absolutely astonishing. Because I, it wasn't originally called a Walkman, was it? It was called something like a Sound Around or a Stowaway. Stowaway was called because, Stowaway. Oh, because right. Stowaway. It, in the right. very early days... In Sony, they didn't believe it would was ever going to work because it didn't record, and they 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 saw cassette as largely a kind of home taping, you know, recording your mm. child's first word, all that kind of thing. Did it have a recording thing on it as well? That well, you there was great like pressure to to have a recording version, but I think the person who pioneered it within so Sony said, "No, it's yeah. just for playing," and everybody in Sony said. That'll never take them. They all had big belt attachments just in case you wanted to strap it to they your did. bum. And what was, what was the context in which they used to show people using it? Well, On adverts. Roller or, skates? Roller skates. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. They, well, that was the only way they could get over to people. They're fantastic convenience. Show them roller skates. Well, surely much promoted by um, Sir Cliff Richard. Didn't he have a record or something like Wired for something? Oh, he did! <laughs> in which he appeared in a, in a, in a video, uh, roller skating down a long corridor. Mm. Uh, while this, I mean, he, I, was I mean, he was really 42 years old at the Actually, time. Actually, you're not confusing it with Olivia Newton John. No, I think Cliff. <laughs> I'm going to check this Which out. Which is easily done. Yes, they look um, so similar. Because, because, because there was a period in the early <laughs> 80s when, when uh, nearly every video had a shot of the artist listening to something. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the reasons yeah. one of those that, cliches. my boring theory, is that the um, Princess of Wales famously was, uh, uh, was discovered roller skating down the, the corridors of Kensington Palace. A reputed to be. Reputed listening to, be. to Cliff listening Richard. Listening to Duran Duran. <laughs> no, it's Duran Duran and her walkman were her favourite. Did she story. have it on the belt attachment? I suspect she had it belted on. <laughs> 
for extra mobility. With a small outboard as well. With a small outboard, yeah. I just, I remember thinking that was an absolutely brilliant idea that this girl, who I I remember seeing because I worked in a wine bar in uh, King's Road in the mid-70s, and Lady Di, who was about 19, was coming with all her gang. And uh, you know, get a bit giddy on the um, cheap and cheerful. Get a nice wine. buzz on. Get a get a delicious buzz on with the ghastly, ghastly wine we sold. Screwed up. And uh, yeah, and she then twenty minutes later, Dave, she's married to the future king of England. And Rhoda's going, no, I can really imagine it because she was only twenty or so when she got married. Yeah. Was she was Rhoda girl. Rhoda girl. And the <laughs> idea that she sort of just sort of woke up, discovered she was married to the to the heir to the throne in this massive great. Yeah. full of probably uh, uh, quite amusing and But gay, she still had her buttons. Walkman, which is her, you Kinda know. Walkman. When a girl's got a Walkman, you know. She can do anything. Yeah. I'm going to come back to the subject of technology. Have you got a cassette player at home? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Okay. Have you got one, Kelly? I have, yeah. Okay. You got one, Fraser? Not anymore. I've got one and I looked at chucking it out. Do you know this weekend I chucked out a mini disc player? Actually, wow. via Twitter, I, I, I put a, a tweet about it. Anybody want it? And immediately somebody somebody came and got it. So somebody did want it. But but this is interesting because I was talking to a radio producer uh, guy I was working with who was still recording stuff on mini discs, and he said you you got difficulty getting these things now, getting getting the media, getting mm. the, the, the stuff. And it's just it strikes you the classic example of how these things you know they, they wax and wane. You know, yes. like cassettes will will go away. I was talking to a very senior person at the BBC not long ago who's in charge of their entire archiving project. You know, because the BBC have obviously got everything ever done, you know, on video, on tape or whatever. And ultimately, they want to make it available to people. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says that the real nightmare about storage came with digital. He says as soon as it it went digital, you end up that they change the formats and then you can't read the old media. So he says this whole world could fall apart if Windows is changed tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Because it'll no longer read the old stuff. Whereas an old record, yeah, a black vinyl record, put it on a record player. As long as you've got a record player, you can play it. And as long as you, you know, a reel to reel tape, you can still. I think we ran a piece about this in the magazine, actually, based on on, on the idea that a load of slates were found. You remember this, Kate? It had a Roman fort in England in about the 4th century. No, I don't. don't Oh, it was really interesting. And uh, somebody found these slates, and on the slates, basically the slates were equivalent to post it notes. They were graffiti. People had scratched. It's Simpsons, though. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All these Roman, uh, Roman um, legionaries or whatever had scribbled little notes to each other, like, um, you know, see you at Starbucks at 11 o'clock, mm. or, um, you know, don't miss the Stuart McConey show, mm-hmm. or whatever. Equivalents thereof in the fourth century. Uh, is do buy some more carrots or something. And somebody had just pointed out that that, that was, uh, you know, it, it gave you so much information about their lives, but it was on a format. It was read. Whereas, you know, these podcasts they're recording, which I would say were equally legendary, actually, <laughs> and in a, if we were to fall through, fall through a wormhole in time, Dave, into future centuries, these would tell you an enormous amount of valuable intelligence about life. Suggesting that we've still got cassette recorders. Yeah, people may not be able to hear them. The it's tragedy possible. is almost unbearable to, to, to consider, isn't it? This phrase has gone very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, have we learned anything this week? I'll tell you what I've learned. Go with Kate first, I'll think of something. Well, um, Go on, Kate. the most interesting thing I learned is I was talking to a clown um, <laughs> from Dublin. <laughs> what did you mean? Were you at McDonald's? I was at a, a party. There was a, he, wasn't, he wasn't a party clown. He was out of his clothes at that point. Well, oh, he was right, wearing right. normal clothes. Oh, right, plain clothes clown. Plain clothes clown. Uh, did he still have enormous feet? Or it? No, he, he, had a, <laughs> he had a very spongy nose. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't really have to dress up when no. he wants to. Well, this is the point, and the interesting thing... Did he arrive thing, in a tiny car? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's much better than the fact, actually. Um, the, the interesting thing that the clown told me was that clowns earn quite good money. Um, they earn about 30 quid an hour for a children's party or something like that. Um, but that they, they always have to take cabs because they're dressed as clowns. <laughs> so all the fee goes in the cab. It's, you can't really arrive on the 94 bus. No. So they go and spend 20 quid that they've just earned getting home. Get cab, getting home safely. Yeah. You're going to be duffed up. Well, I'll tell you what I learned this week. Voltaire used to drink 50 cups of coffee a day. Which I'm saying is more than you, Mark Allen and Kate Mossman. Yeah. And Fraser Lurie are all members Between of the us, Strong we have Coffee Club. Don't let Voltaire anywhere near the homemade speed. <laughs> <laughs> or if he makes Julian Cope, his nervous system may never recover. But that's fantastic. Did you learn anything? I learned something, but it's, I'm going to keep it really short. It was so fascinating. I was listening to points, A Point of View on Radio 4, which I know you've listened to too. And it was Clive James' turn. And he did this story, Oh, the Sunday morning story thing. About, the, um, the, the judge. Yeah, the judge. I'll do it really briefly. It's a story about an Australian judge who um, is, I think you could honestly say, is possibly the most esteemed figure in the entire Australasian subcontinent. He's now retired, but he's, he's being brought back from retirement mm -hmm. to uh, adjudge various incredibly high-profile cases because he is so highly valued. He went through a speed camera, um, which recorded him at uh, doing 36 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour uh, limit, and he was asked to pay his fine, which I think was £30. Was it £30? Yeah. And he said he wasn't driving. He was driving the car. And he gave the name of the person who was driving, so everyone accepted that. When the researchers discovered this person, I think it actually de was dead. This person had died. Sometimes I sorry, sorry, Judge, sorry to bother you. The person who's meant to be driving the car is actually they turned their toes up. Are you sure it was them? He said, "Oh no, sorry, it wasn't that at all. It was my 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 mother, my, mother, my mother's very car. Very elderly. It was my other. His mother's then nine It was my it must have been very elderly. These guys in the seventies. So it was my mother. In fact, it's my mother's car. She so said, "Oh, my mother's car. It's been fine." And then they thought they'd just research this because the patrons started to get wind of it. Think, this might be a story. And then through the CCTV evidence of the compound that the mother now lives in, an old photo, they discovered that there was her car for the entire weekend unmoved. He couldn't have been in the mother's car. So this web of lies, this tremendous kind of great you know, can of worms of deceit <laughs> began to just... He couldn't, if he'd only said, David, there's a, there's a oh. lesson for all of us here. <laughs> Kate Fraser. We must don't dig yourself totally destroyed. To speed the story up, I mean, the, the, what's actually happening now is this guy is obviously he's been banged around for perjury, and he would know enough about himself being the top judge of the country, and he's going to have to go to jail, go to jail for possibly two years at the age of I think, seventy-one. So he's gone for being. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. the most extraordinary story. So what have you learned? I've learnt, uh, Fraser, to always pay your parking fine. <laughs> Just pay. It's 30 quid, it's going to hurt a little. I think you do it, you move on. You, pro on you probably learned that Jackie Smith had it easy, actually. Jackie Smith's <laughs> my other favourite story. It's the I've best been loving story. I've been loving the, the, um, the headlines. The headline of the Sun the other day was that I think the intro was what did it say? Something like, um, you know, uh, which is worse, uh, the, 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 the movie rental or the, I can't remember, the lies themselves. Yeah, and yeah. the headline was, The Porn Ultimatum. Oh, <laughs> oh Dave, it was good. I was reading the, the, the Mail or the Sun over somebody's shoulder on the tube this morning and described her sleazy Jackie. <laughs> and I, I, you see, I think there ought to be a special button on the word processor of journalists. When they're, when they're tempted to use the adjective sleazy, they yeah. ought to just stop for a yeah. second. Because if there ever is a sleazy occupation... Who are the world leaders in fiddling their expenses? Absolutely! Yeah, I mean, yeah. you imagine the, the, the announcement of the Daily Mail this morning. I tell you what, everybody's expenses for the last year, yeah. we're going to get them all out of the files. Yeah. We're going to go of them. Lawyers are going to go of yeah. them, actually, the fine tooth comb. 
uh, helped by journalists from yeah. oh the Daily Express. Yeah. They're going to go over it and they're going to see if they can find, find a any, judge who is in jail problems. for speeding. <laughs> and we're going to make him go through this paperwork. They'd be leaping off the top. The of best the thing about it. Building. The best thing about it was the way when she made him go and do that public apology, and she stayed indoors. He just said, "I promise I will pay it back." I know. <laughs> you said not pay it back. I know he said that. He actually said I paid it back. It was six quid, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they were five quid each. I think. Quid. Yeah, she's paid. That's yeah. the big issue. No, there was a lovely thing about Will <laughs> Self you know, the, 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 the Evening Standard or something. What they say? The real. They looked at the whole printed out thing of things he'd rented. He said the real crime is not that he rented these porn movies, but that he's seen Ocean's Eleven twice. He's even got Ocean's Twelve. Ocean's Twelve. I mean, this is the appalling crime. Really. So, um, did you watch? Did you watch the riots on the telly yesterday? I watched a bit of riots. Well, Kate and I and Fraser were looking through the, the window from the office of Word magazine. Saw some helicopters, didn't we? We saw a lot of helicopters. We knew there was trouble because the helicopters were. Yeah, seen, we right? have this fantastic uh, view where you can tell things are going on in London by well, often by helicopter uh, uh, presence, actually. Yeah. And uh, Fraser then found a fantastic photograph. Which I, I, I really, it really deserves to be printed very, very large in some magazine uh, and revisited many times. It's basically one single bloke, I think, isn't it, in a hoodie, yeah. hurling a half brick. It's always a half brick, it's never a whole brick. Half brick through a plate glass window of a, of a Scottish bank or whatever it is, surrounded by, I would, I would estimate, conservatively, 200 to 300 <laughs> photographers. Yeah. I mean, the news last night was fantastic because people say, "Well, somebody please throw an effing brick through a window." I, I was I was working at home and I had the TV on at the in the background with Sky News and BBC News Twenty Four, and and they both did the same thing. They both had a split screen, okay, and on one screen was limousines arriving either at Downing Street, at Buckingham Palace, or wherever, and and rather dull shots of you know Sarkozy and Obama and mm. whatever people shaking hands with people or walking at red carpets. And then the other the other frame was a shot in the city of London. Yeah, and 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 largely they'd be devoting themselves to the uh, to the, the kind of civic goings on, but what they were desperately wanting was something to kick off in the other screen. You know what I mean? And actually, one of the newsreaders started using the expression, "Oh, it's kicking off! It's kicking off!" <laughs> if you're running a 24-hour news network, what do you want? Yeah, this do you want a riot or don't you want a riot? Yeah. Of course, they want a riot. Yeah. And you're going to get that many cameras yeah. there. You know, there were about 200 protesters that were actually corralled, corralled in, and massively that. outnumbered. Both and probably. some interesting protesters as well. I saw some a uh, couple of they were called Chinese Against Debt. That's <laughs> true. They were just two blokes with very long blonde wigs, <laughs> and also two. Just two, yeah, it's just a oh, peaceful it's a protest. Right? And it's also I was thinking all this stuff about people urinating uh, uh, in the Bank of England and stuff. Well, they were actually just having a wee in the doorway. They are probably just desperate because they couldn't get past the crowds. So uh, it's my theory that they just, you know... Got let's take the heat out of it. I love take that. Take the heat. And also... We thought this was a bold political statement. They kicked down the doors of the whole... But the I Hong saw Kong, them... Bank and pissed all over no, the No, 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 because they're just, absolutely they're just they're literally just in a corner very vest. politely <laughs> having a wee. Can I... Just one point about the Bank of England, which struck me... Before these demonstrations, actually, I was walking past it not long ago, and um, I, have a, I, I have a memory of a childhood spent when, when the Bank of England had had gold in it and used to be guarded, didn't it? I, I, saw it, I think it's true. These cold stream guards yeah. in Busby's used yeah. to stay there every night. And yeah, it's true. Go back to the barracks in the morning or whatever. In the days when it was known as the old lady of thread needles. And, yeah. and they used to talk about things being yeah. safe as the Bank of England. Yeah. yeah? And so you always had some idea, I know we were talking about this the other week, of Mary yeah. Poppins bankers, you know, oh, yeah. that they, they had a great big pile of gold in the middle of it. And the thing that struck me walking past the Bank of England the other day was, there's nothing in it. Mm. They what's don't in need the to Bank guard it. Well, 
There's what, apparently, what can possibly be uh, in the Bank of England? There's the I most. What's in the Bank of England? If you, I, I suspect it's full of um, uh, bags of toffee, board games. <laughs> um, I've smells of toast. It's probably got an indoor ice rink in the middle. It's the, got the, the indoor ice rink. And also, apparently, it's got the most exclusive cash machine in the world. And I don't know why it's exclusive, but just it. What I'm assuming is that you don't have to use a card. But everybody who keeps their but money... Just free. talk to it. It's, uh, well, it's, it's true. It's for people who keep their money in the Bank of England. Can oh, use that cash can machine. Yeah, yeah. the Bank of England as your own bank. Yeah. She can and there's a select group account. of people that can do. And maybe it's got a real person sitting inside it who's doly out there. <laughs> 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 I, I, I imagine that, that there's a quite comfy little room. It's sort of... Uh, sort of you know, or other overstuffed sofas. Uh, again, yeah. the smell of marmite. Probably crumpets being made on, a, on an open fire. <laughs> and, 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 but Monopoly. I, 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 some I, people going, I say, I, awful protesters are outside. <laughs> God, keep your head down, Jennings. There's some members of the working class. Do you think it's just, I, and they're probably playing sort of cricket, David. I, 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 I can envisage a, a kind of Heath Robinson drawing of this whole thing. This right? I think, Heath you know, Robinson it's like Where's Wally or something That's like that. Well, yeah. densely detailed pictures, you know. Yeah. We'll have a competition, won't we? Yeah. If anybody can draw us. What happens on the inside oh, of the, the, the bank? The inside of, of the bank, that's lovely. So you give them a pound. Give you a pound. Shiny English <laughs> cash, shiny quid. Right, I think that's about it, because uh, I've got to go and have a cup of coffee with Andrew Collins. What are you Thank doing? Thank you, very good. <laughs> yeah. oh, I've got to go and uh, get back to the coalface uh, uh, yeah. with, with Kate of the mighty word bank. going to be chipping away. Chipping away. In 15 minutes' time. As we do. So I think um, we're going we're gonna to play out. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> the woman's a crime. Less than a ton of mistake about Bob Marley and almost a large collection of his wife. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.